You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Hey, this is John from Geek Elite Media, and this podcast is being brought to you by Cuts by Candace. Candace Gist is a hairstylist that will work with you to get the right look. She uses her 18 years of experience to understand my needs and is the only one that comes near my hair. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of March 2019, and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you you can. The future comes and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome to another shift on the Geek's Watch. We are here talking about Discover, <laughs> Star Trek Discovery <laughs> Season 1 snow. Uh, and no Steven tonight, John. No, we're San Steven tonight. We're San Steven. So uh, I guess you, you, our listeners will just have to deal with us however i do have to say something about our listeners there's two possibilities either uh our listeners don't listen or don't watch um star trek discovery or we don't have any listeners (laughs) (laughs) because last week we fucked up we said we watched uh episode five and six when in actuality well we thought we watched five and six we actually watched five and seven because of the way CBS All Access through Amazon works. Um, so we said we watched Lathe. So we didn't actually watch Lathe. We watched uh, a different episode, which was episode seven, which was called uh, Magic to the Make. No, Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad, which that title also makes sense for the time loop episode. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. Uh, Lathe is episode six, so we'll talk about episode six and eight tonight. I also want to say that it's interesting that uh, episode we missed out on episode six. Well, episode seven, essentially, I think we talked about it a little bit when we figured it out, but it has absolutely it's a it's a, a complete filler episode. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, we didn't miss anything at all from watching it out of order the way that we did. Right, and in fact, we were very grateful that we got to see that episode because. <laughs> We were both like, wow, that was actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, it was a, a great episode that we had, uh, you know, we really enjoyed as compared to other episodes. And of completely the show so by far. accident. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the correct episodes once we get through the this week's geek news. So, See, I like to believe that the listeners that are out there and are also watching this show just wanted to take it easy on us. Oh, okay. They know that we go through a lot and, you know, we honest mistake that happened there fair enough let's hope that's what it is <laughs> uh first thing <coughs> sorry excuse me first thing uh we have a candy man now 
Ooh, the Candyman can? Uh, yes, Jordan Peele's Candyman remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it, has found its Candyman, and it's Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, or as a lot of people now know him as. This is not Black Manta? Black Manta, that's right. Nice. So he will be playing uh, the Candyman in the classic remake. Are you a fan of the Candyman movies? You know what? That one came kind of later in the horror genre. And I just didn't really, I know he's the dude that has like a sickle as his weapon and something with bees. Yeah. Like that's all I really know about it. Yeah, well, and you have to say his name in the mirror five times. And... Yeah. And I mean, I already had Bloody Mary for that mm. growing up. So this is just like really Candyman. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a thing. I mean, it's it's definitely what made me uh, aware of Tony Todd. So. Well, yeah. Tony Todd is pretty awesome. <laughs> Uh, so we'll see. Well, I, I mean, I, I I don't know. I guess it's it's interesting that Jordan Peele decided to take on this project when he's already got other movies that are original stuff. And, you know, like, why would he want to remake this movie? But Well, why would Danny McBride want to remake Halloween? It's just... Well, I don't put his... I, I don't think Danny McBride is as, as prolific or talented as jordan peele so he's a national treasure na- what would nation <laughs> i hope you're not talking about this one <laughs> uh, the, the beast of no nation oh okay well how do you feel about uh black manta playing the candy man then i like it he's imposing i don't know if his voice is the right because i mean that's what tony todd really brought to that character he just had that crazy scary sounding voice mm-hmm. um i don't think Black Manta had that going for him. I mean, he still sounds cool, but I mean, maybe if they process it, he'd sound kind of unique, I guess. Sure. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dune. So you know that they're making that new movie with Denny Villeneuve. Yeah, isn't it hiring like half the people on the planet now? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it's, filled, it's filled with a lot of stars. But they're also apparently making three video games. Interesting. I mean, once again, I know almost nothing about Dune. Uh, the articles that I read didn't really have much about the video games, just that they're that they're in um, they're in development. But how? I mean, do you what do you know about the world of Dune? Are you are you interested in playing video games about spice mining? I mean, they could have so many different things. There's a lot of science fiction video games and other movies also borrow a lot of tropes from dune so it definitely lends itself to a video game environment and they could have different types of video games set within it um you can have an exploration game you can have survival game in the desert of arrakis you could have space conflict or uh, space politics within it i mean it's got a little bit of everything i'd love to see you know with giant sandworm battles in the desert that would be pretty cool (laughs) Can they go up against the sandworms and Beetlejuice? Yes. These guys are way bigger than those sandworms. Are they? Yes. Wow. Although they don't have the uh, striped, you know, bodies. Did, well, did they have the mouth inside of the mouth? No, they did not. See? That's how they get you. Plus, those uh, Beetlejuice worms don't get you high. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> Was that like a thing? Did they get, them, they get you high so that they, you're paralyzed to, and they can eat you? No, the sandworms, like the spice is a byproduct of them. Just uh, like they poop it out or something. Okay. 
Um, I wonder how they figured out that you could eat that and it make you like trip balls. It's like, hey, there's some sandworm shit over there. Let's I mean, try I mean, that. Who was the first one to think, hey, let's feed this uh, coffee bean to this cat, and then when it gets pooped out the other side, we'll make it into coffee. Like that's disgusting. Actually, I've heard the story behind that is that at some point, some people were just desperate for some coffee. And that they, that's desperate, and they just like, hey, well, let's just clean the shit off of these and like brew them like normal, and and hey, it turns out that they taste better when they've been like through the weird spider monkey's digestive tract. I don't know. What, oh, is it a spider monkey? It's, I it was a cat. It, it's something. I don't know. Some some jungle animal, <laughs> tree dweller. All right, John. So here's a story that I know you are going to really enjoy, or you probably enjoyed. Yes, I'm a little excited about they're, this. They're doing a David Hasselhoff is confirmed Knight Rider is being rebooted. But it it's revealed why it's, it was delayed. Now, you may not know this, but when I was a child in school, I would tell people that David Hasselhoff was my uncle. I did not know this. So you were trying to tell people that you were related to the Hoff, huh? Yes. Well, more specifically to Michael Knight. Oh. Like the actual character. <laughs> he was a real person. And you know why? Because I grew up in a small town called Calexico uh-huh. in the Imperial Valley of California. And... Right around the time when this show was actually still on the air, yes, that's how old I am, there was an episode in which Michael Knight actually goes to that town. He goes to a town called Calexico. Yes. I don't know if he's actually in my town, but he goes to a town called Calexico (laughs) because it's a border town, which Calexico is. Right. And that just blew my mind. Thinking that I was in the same like five-mile radius that Kit was... (laughs) on a mission to stop like drug lords or something, whatever it was back then, just blew my little mind. And of course, I assumed that this was real life, like documentary, not, you know, a TV show. Right. So I was like, yeah, Michael Knight was here. And somehow that morphed into, yeah, Michael Knight's my uncle. (laughs) Well, you know, that's uh, uh, a... That's a thing. That's Uh, a thing that that the children would believe. Yes. (laughs) I mean, is it? it should, I know you. You have this af, of of affliction, affiliation. You have this affinity. That's the word I was looking for for uh, TV cars. I so. do. I love fictional cars. That's very true. So, I, I get and it. This one would be at the top. There's gotta because you know they always have those like uh, TV cars, and then someone's made them into a Transformer. Is there a Knight Rider one? Yes. What does he look like? Uh, it looks like David Hasselhoff, but really, they made it look like Hasselhoff. Yeah, he's got the red jacket with the or the black jacket with like a red turtleneck looking thing. Wow, where's the the strobing light go? I think that was his eyes. Oh, so did he look like um, jazz? Um, kind of. Yeah. It was, in fact, you could probably look it up real quick while I'm just rambling on. Say, so what do you know about this the remake? Well. As we discussed earlier, this is going to be like the fourth attempt to bring back Knight Rider. Uh, We had the original, after the original series ended in the 80s, we had Knight Rider 99, I believe, or Knight Rider 2000, which interestingly enough, yep, there we go. That's the one on the far right. It's a Lego. Oh, sorry. That looks, well, it looks like that, but in robot form. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, they do have something like that somewhere out there. Anyway. Uh, so we had a first attempt at a reboot. It did feature David Hasselhoff coming back as Michael Knight, but it was very much a passing of the torch to okay. a new female lead. And it was still going to be uh, Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World mm-hmm. doing the voice. Mm-hmm. I think his name is Daniel something. And 
but kid was gonna be like a dodge interceptor i want to say was it that? I, re- I thought i remember being a red fire pontiac firebird no it was no longer a firebird at that point uh the first one was a trans am and then uh in this new it was a it was essentially a movie like a made for tv movie but it was also supposed to be a soft pilot so that they could bring back the show with like a new cast and everything mm-hmm. and that one was a it was a Dodge, and I can't remember for the life of me now what it was. Sunfire or something like that? But anyway, um, that one didn't really go anywhere. And then in the late 90s, they had Team Knight Rider, which I think they only did a pilot for. Really? But yeah, it was actually five vehicles. It was like a motorcycle, a van, a couple of sports cars, and I forget what the third one, the last one was. Okay. Uh, that one was pretty awful. <laughs> and then we had the 2009 version right with Val Kilmer. Oh yeah, Val Kilmer is the voice of Kit. Uh, yeah, he was Kit and that one was terrible. It was originally supposed to be or originally was Will Arnett. Really? Yeah. Was he just too sarcastic sounding? I guess so. So they ended up going with Val Kilmer instead. <laughs> Which was awful cuz he was just completely uncharismatic for some reason he just didn't really I don't know feel it and then there was also i mean there was a few ripoff wannabe night riders along the way as well uh, in the 80s you had auto man that's right which was i mean i love the tron aesthetic but they were just really trying way too hard with that one and then they had um in the late 90s when the dodge viper the very first one came out they had one called viper and it was essentially all the same thing but uh it didn't talk. That was the only thing. It could transform. It could change color. It oh, had yeah. weapons. I remember Viper. Yeah. And it was basically the same story. Like the, the main driver kind of had the same situation. So all in all, I'm really excited for them to bring it back. But I just really, really hope they pay homage to the original. They don't have to keep the 82 Trans Am. I mean, that's those are probably harder to find these days. And way too expensive to retrofit to make it look all futuristic like they originally did. I think they said it cost like $100,000 back in 83 to make that first kit fully customized into like the way you see it in the show. That's a lot of money. Mm. That's like the cost of a brand new Tesla these days. Yeah. Although it'd be awesome if they made the new kit from a Tesla. And that could be like a whole new generation of people being super psyched about those cars and wanting to uh, drive on two wheels and turbo boost. And if you think about it, the Tesla is the closest spiritual successor to a Knight Rider car. What with all the built-in electronics and the the super pursuit mode in the Tesla, it's called ludicrous speed or ludicrous (laughs) mode. Like I'm super excited about it coming back and just, it needs a revival. It's, it's one of those franchises. I mean, I'm a super huge fan of Knight Rider regardless. Like as if anybody that's seen my Facebook page, it's my profile is that like that's how i choose to identify myself that's that's right little night rider voice fox well you know with hawaii 50 and magnum pi being a big thing i'm sure night rider is going to come back sooner than later and then we can get also like an 18 revival and dukes hazard well the 18 movie was already good i just wish they would have went further with that yeah that was a good movie dukes of hazard not so much but it definitely wasn't the same as what the show was, but I liked the movie. I did too. It just felt wrong that they became a stoner 
comedy instead of you know well i mean it, it still fits it's just essentially what they did with a uh, 21 drum street completely yeah, different tone exactly but it worked for what it was yeah so one of the directors of spider-man into the spider-verse bob persetki Pers- Pers- i would say it's persichetti persichetti okay um is going to be directing Puss in Boots 2. That's right. They're making a sequel to Puss in Boots. It's only going to be, uh, what, 10 years later? Yeah, that came out a long time ago. Oh, I guess it's 2011. So Almost t- 10 years. <laughs> by the time it comes out, it would be. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, did you watch the Puss in Boots movie? I did not. It was interesting because I noticed there was a significant downgrade in the the rendering quality. Really? And I found out later it's because it was meant to be a direct-to-video movie, but somehow they decided to make it a theatrical release. Well, I mean, it made $550 worldwide, so... And interestingly enough, it had no references to Shrek whatsoever in it. Wasn't it supposed to take place before the Shrek stuff? It's... I think it was... After? Actually, they don't even really mention... I think so it's maybe, it is, maybe it is. Well, it was definitely an origin story for the Puss in Boots. Yeah. So I guess it could have technically have happened before, but it was just kind of weird. It was a little jarring. Because by the time we meet him in Trek three, two is, is it two? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's already been Puss in Boots, you know, other places or whatever. So. Yeah, and I think Zach Galifianakis was the the Humpty Dumpty. Was he? I believe so. Oh, in Puss in Boots? In the movie, yeah. Uh-huh. That's that's who you see right there in the background. Because he's the bad guy, right? Yeah, spoiler alert, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought, I didn't know that was, I thought that's what the trailer depicts him as. No, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, I don't, well, I don't remember the trailer to be honest, but mm. I don't think it showed him in the trailer. Oh. It just kind of showed it more like a generic adventure. And then as you find out later, because they're friends, it turns out that he's actually been... He does the thing, one of those tropes that I really hate, where it turns out he was the mastermind all along. And they really play it up, which was actually kind of funny. Like, it was so dumb, it actually became funny. Where they replay earlier scenes in the movie that he clearly wasn't in. Oh, but they inserted it. And then, yeah, then you see him in the background all of a sudden, like, really obvious. I was like, okay, all right, I'll I'll give him a pass because that was kind of funny. So do you think that you'd be up for the sequel then? Probably. I have a child with me now, so she'd probably want to go watch it and I'd have a good excuse so I don't feel like a weird, lonely adult. Okay. That would be interesting. Uh, (laughs) Kevin Feige says that... The Black Widow movie was never going to be rated R, and it's not going to be rated R. And that's only to its detriment. No, it's not. You don't need. It doesn't need to be R-rated. Look, if you go and see that Deadpool Once Upon a Deadpool movie, which is the Deadpool two, but not rated R, like it works just fine. Like I get it. We want Deadpool and Logan and Wolverine to be R-rated so you can see blood, but it, it's not. I don't. I feel like a good writer and a good director can get around that. They they don't need you don't need the blood and gore. Well, I don't want it to be violent and gory. What, what you think they're gonna show her boobs? I mean, it could at least just have adult themes. No, it's not gonna happen. I'd settle for a butt. <laughs> Watch Avengers one day. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, yeah, I'll just rewatch uh, Lost in Translation the first ten seconds of that movie. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just wanted to bring that one up. 
it's, it's just because you want to hurt me. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I kind of do. Um, but you know what is getting an R-rated movie? Yay, Hellboy. David Harbour's Hellboy. Why, why are you so down about that? Well, because that one didn't need to be rated R because the first two were just fine without it. Yeah, but see, now you get to see blood and gore, even if it's blood and gore from, um, I don't know, demons. Demons and yeah. supernatural creatures. Maybe I mean, there's butt in it. Maybe there's naked butt. There's a butt. Maybe there's naked boobs. I don't know. Well, is there any other kind of boobs? <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. Fully clothed, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, if we get to see some demon boobs, that'd be cool. You know, it, and it wasn't until, I mean, I know there's only been one other trailer. There's been, because the Red Red Band trailer came out this week. Yeah. Has there, was there only one other one? And then there's one before, yeah. Was there not two before that? Just the one? I don't believe so. Up until the Red Band trailer, I hadn't seen Mila Jojovich in any of the promotional stuff. Like, she finally showed up in the Red Band trailer. I saw a couple of stills where they showed her. She's yeah, the blood stills, queen, Stills, right? but that's not... And this movie used to be called Hellboy Blood Queen. Now it's just called Hellboy. Or Rise of the Blood Queen or something like that. Uh, no, this looks like it's straight up just remake. They even like tease in the tr- second trailer the his origin. Yeah. Which is kind of looks a little more flashy than the Guillermo del Toro version. I mean, here you had a Nazi that had like 3D glasses on or something. Yeah, what was that about? That was weird. Yeah, I don't know. That was bizarre. The real world in 3D. It's. I mean, maybe it's to help you see 3D ghosts. Okay. They're like ghost goggles. Maybe. It, it's something. I don't know. I'm going to see this movie. I'm just going to be very pre-disappointed but by it. you love David Harbour. I do love David Harbour, but I hate the way the makeup looks on his face. It looks like he's wearing a mask that doesn't want to cooperate with him. <laughs> like, he's do- he has to do exaggerated like expressions... And it makes it look like he's wearing a mask. Uh, okay. Ron Perlman was much more effortless just because his face was already well funky looking. Well, I mean, maybe they just had a better special effects makeup team. Which, coincidentally, I kind of joked about it when we saw the Red Band trailer. It's like, wow, they really had a big budget for the special effects on this one. I mean, you see giants and dragons and all kinds of hellscapes and crazy stuff going on. It's like, huh. It looks like... Video game cutscenes. Yeah. And then you see scenes of them just kind of talking and they're in a hallway and it looks so small in comparison. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I don't know. It's just, I I guess I'm excited for it, but I don't know. I like I like the, the, the part that we got to see with Daniel De Kim, like changing into a were-leopard. A were-cheetah or something? Yeah. I forget, what, did they say what his name is? What, his, his, his character, character yeah. yeah it's it's uh i think it's sato or something like that oh yeah i don't remember that uh yeah i don't know it's i feel like it's gonna i i can kind of tell just from looking at the trailer it's gonna have some tone issues really yeah it looks like it's gonna try to be funny but also go like hard on some of the gore just based on the little bit that we saw there and i don't know it, it might be a mess who's directing it I don't even remember. Oh, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I can try and find out. Yeah, because I can't I I can't remember ever once hearing who the director is, and I don't know if that's a bad sign or not. Um, well, let's see, Neil Marshall. So I know that's a that's a that's a Game of Thrones director, isn't it? I don't know about that. Let's see, uh, Skull Island, Blood of Kong. 
rumored oh lost in space he did a few episodes of that westworld he did an episode of that yep game of thrones right there game of thrones yeah he did two episodes of that oh doomsday i like that movie you liked doomsday doomsday was cheesy fun i liked it oh my goodness um (laughs) he did uh the descent which is probably his biggest claim to fame amongst a lot of people which i still haven't seen that movie is that the one with the girls in the cave yeah oh that one's good yeah see you're one of them (laughs) so there you go that's uh have you seen high tension no wow why 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 would you bring that up because it's a good movie yeah but that has nothing to do with what we're talking about it's not neil marshall it all relates oh my goodness uh and let me see what daniel day kim's character is uh ben daimino daimio d-a-i-m-i-o sure that guy sure okay um well that's uh that's hellboy so we'll see when when it comes out uh, Aquaman 2 gets its release date. Guess what? It's going to be December of 2022. It's like four years away from when it the first one came out. Well, they need a lot of you know pre-production time to work on the trench. <sighs> Why do you want to bring this up all the time? Because you hurt me. Now I hurt you. <laughs> well, the fact that either one of these movies is getting made is hurting me. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well... I'm guessing it's going to take a while because first they're going to have to see what state the DCEU is going to be in. I mean, we don't know what the next Superman movie is going to be. We're probably never going to get another Justice League movie. We're definitely not getting another Superman movie or a Justice League movie. Yeah, who knows what state the Batman is in. I mean, it's going to be a prequel now at this point. So That's true. It's not going to be connected to anything else. I mean, Suicide Squad 2 is not going to have some of its uh, former actors in yep, it. Yeah, that's, that's a story we're going to talk about in a little bit. And uh, the, yeah, the, the whole DCEU is just like scrambling right now. It's on life support. So they probably want some buffer to kind of let things play out, let some of the dust settle. Well, that's a that's another thing is like, um, well, they have the writer coming back from the first movie, but... They haven't signed on James Wan to to direct Aquaman two yet, which I'm sure he will, but it's um uh it's not official. I guess he says he wants to wait to see what the script looks like first. I mean that's a good idea. And the question that's on everybody's mind he made is, the first script, so it's not that that big a deal to him. But are they going to bring that Pitbull? Probably. I mean, why would you mess with anything that they they did in the first one when it made them billions of dollars? They got to keep that shiz going. Yeah, so we're gonna get another uh, Toto remake. <laughs> she got the, the Weezer version with Weird Al. <laughs> wow. Um, I I don't know. Like, I mean, I've I've talked at nauseum about how much I did not enjoy this movie. So, and you saw it. Twice? Twice, that's right, because the uh, second time I went and saw it, someone else wanted to see it, and they paid for my ticket, so I was like, all right, I'll sit through it again. I mean, well, that's on you then. You willingly sat through that at that's that point. That's true, but <laughs> I, I willingly sat through a lot of bad movies, so... See, but, but that helped contribute to that global box I office. I didn't. I didn't help. Someone else paid for my ticket. But you sat there. You probably helped concessions. Yeah, but that doesn't go... St- Towards the movie theater, yeah. or that goes towards the movie theater, not towards the movie studio. Yeah, but they count it. Okay, like this, this movie sold this much popcorn. We need to get another one made. So as you brought it up, uh, <laughs> Suicide Squad two or the Suicide Squad, which is going to be directed by James James Gunn. Sorry, uh, Will Smith is not going to be in the sequel. 
he's not going to be in the sequel remake reboot whatever the hell it's supposed to be yeah it's it's a restart restart um which is fine i guess for the most part as long as you're not bringing back deadshot because the suicide squad in the comic books i mean it, it consists of a, a rotating um lineup as it's supposed to since they're supposed to go out and more than likely die so you wouldn't like it if they recast them no because there's plenty of other characters in the DC universe that they could use. Um, the other one is uh, Margot Robbie. Like it's been on again, off again. Whether or not she's going to make it into this into this movie or not, I can't see them not putting her in it. Because honestly, I feel like she's the biggest draw they have over there at uh, DC movies, other than Jason Momoa at this point. Oh yeah, definitely. Like they are obviously putting a lot into her Birds of Prey movie. So why wouldn't you have her come back as Harley Quinn in the, I mean, throw all the money at her that she wants and, you know, just be done with it. But maybe she doesn't want to come back and do that that version of Harley Quinn. I don't know. Well, if she doesn't, then uh, Jamie Presley could definitely step in the role. (laughs) Well, once again, you can't just recast her. But they look identical. Wouldn't even, I bet you most people wouldn't even notice. Oh, wow. Well, once again, that's that lowest common denominator that we talked about. (laughs) Um... I think the most important thing is you got to bring back Viola Davis as oh, and Amanda Waller. she is coming back. She is? Yes. She is signed on. I saw to that the- earlier today. Okay, that's good. Um, she's like the heart and soul of the Suicide Squad. It's not so much that. I just feel like Amanda Waller is... She's really the villain. Like She's the one that puts these teams together and makes it so that they have a common hatred towards one thing so that they complete the goal. Like At least that's what it is in the comic book. Um obviously they did something different in the movie but viola davis is an amazing actress so she should be involved in this uh i would like them to bring joel kinnaman back as as rick flag just because to keep that consistency but i don't know some of the other like i said there could be plenty of other people that they could if they want a new field like field leader that's not dead shot you could put Sportsmaster in you wanted a cool crazy person uh, you could put in Cupid or uh, uh, Poison Ivy, you know, kind of thing. There's, there's plenty of obviously. There's plenty of other characters that can. Yeah, use. yeah. So, I mean, but I, what do you think of uh, Will Smith's uh, or them saying that it's scheduling conflicts is the reason why he can't be involved? Yeah, I mean that would be convenient, but probably just wasn't happy with the experience. I'm sure. No, I mean, and, but it's completely different director this time yeah but he has a tendency in the past like if he's not comfortable with something he just completely checks out of it um he actually recently released a video i don't know if you saw it on youtube where he explained that yes he was in fact offered the role of neo in the matrix Mm -hmm. and the reason why he turned it down was because he didn't understand the wachowski brothers yep and he chose to do wild wild west instead yep and i love that video that's why i posted it on our facebook page so yeah, I think I saw it somewhere else. So that's why I was like, oh, did you see that? It was really cool. So, yeah, I think he probably just, I mean, obviously the movie wasn't very well received. And he probably didn't get the... Um, made a lot of money, though. It did. But is that ever really a good indicator of the quality? Oh, no. Not not at all. But I'm just saying it made a lot of money. Yes. it was. It was... I've only ever seen that movie that one time I saw it in the theater. Also because I had a free ticket, thanks to uh, T-Mobile Tuesdays, <laughs> and I've never again watched it. And I 
I think the farthest I'll go is rewatch the trailer, and you're like, yep, I feel like I watched the movie again. Because that's really the best part. It's got the neon colors, the soundtrack, and some of the money shots. That's pretty much all you need. All right. Well, I can't wait to see what James Gunn does. We'll see. I hope Ike Barinholtz comes back, though. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't really a part of the squad. He was just a prison guard. Yeah, but he's funny. Okay. He brings a lot of character. All right. Fair enough. Um, talking about terrible movie ideas and things being made into movies, uh, Mattel... And MGM are partnering to make a movie out of Viewmaster. Yes, that's right. The little toy that you put up to your eyes and you have the card picture with cards on or the card with pictures on it and you just get to see scenic views of stuff. Stereoscopic images. As you get to click through. So, Well, that was back in the old days. Now you have the Viewmaster brand is also venturing into virtual reality. Oh, yeah, so you can actually pop your phone in it, and it'll split the picture and make it 3D, and you can explore, you know, different types of roller coasters. <laughs> Seems to be like the mainstay for these uh, VR apps these days. So, I mean, I didn't, does that mean you're interested in what they're going to do for a movie? I really want to know what they're planning on. I'm thinking they're going to do something like the Viewmaster either lets you see other realities or somehow lets you walk into another dimension. Well, if you're walking into them, if you're being transported, then you're no longer it's no longer Viewmaster. You're not viewing something. You're 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 portaling through. I mean, I would hope against all hope that it's actually kind of more of a horror movie. Of course it's got to be. I mean, I don't see how they could do anything else. I mean, Maybe if you did like Tomorrowland and you made it into an action adventure. Oh, Tomorrowland was so bad. It's not that bad. Tomorrowland was a tease and a lie. (laughs) A tease and a lie. Yes. Okay. Why? Because it was prompting you, like the whole movie, there, it, 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 it's it's actually kind of meta, surprisingly, because the, they tease you that they're gonna have like Tomorrowland. It's like the world of the future and all that stuff. And the whole movie is about how that actually isn't real, how it's all just a bunch of made-up doo-doo. But at the end, they're like, well, maybe we can make it real if we all just try hard enough. <laughs> and I'm like, no, why? Like, I wanted to see Tomorrowland from the get-go be Tomorrowland, not some idea that everybody's going to be striving for. I get that there was like a deeper message to it, but mm-hmm. that's not what I wanted to see. I wanted to see like just futuristic gadgets and technology and like throwback buck roger type stuff you know with those you know silver bullet looking spaceships and tin foil clothing and ray guns and stuff i mean it's just i was very disappointed well you know that's i think you're only gonna have that to look forward to with this Viewmaster movie too so yeah well what else is new <laughs> it was like sky captain in the world of tomorrow oh over again. wow that was a disappointment yeah uh okay and the last thing we're well i don't know did you have any news articles you want to talk about no i think they all overlapped with yours okay uh the last thing i want to talk about is guess what star trek discovery is getting a third season over at cbs all access has the second one premiered yet yeah it's already on it's currently going oh okay are we gonna dive right into that or not right into (laughs) it because this is gonna the season one's gonna lead right into game of thrones for us and that's important because Uh, yes that's our that's our namesake that will be consuming me (laughs) and then we'll have to watch something after game of thrones because i don't think westworld season three is out anytime soon oh i think 
Stranger Things will be out at some point. July. So that'll probably be right there at the end of... April, May, June. No, it's only... April, Game of Thrones is only going to be seven episodes. Is it seven or six? I think it's seven. Okay. So that's going to be seven weeks. So it's going to start in April 21st. So yeah, that would take us right up to July. Oh, okay. May, June, July, yeah. Well, I guess... I guess we'll have a few weeks in between, maybe. Yeah. We'll just have to we'll find something movies. to fill her with. Yeah. It'll be the summertime. There'll be movies. Oh, uh, yeah. Now's the time, too, where we're going to have like a new movie every week. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll eventually, maybe, if we if we care to, we don't have to. Like Just like uh, Castle Rock or um, uh, what's the uh, amazing... Electrified dream, electric dreams. Uh, we're not yeah. we're not going back to those two things. So yeah, I mean we might go back to Castle Rock if they if that second season is is something different because that's what they they're talking about that the second season might be something different. It'll be like American Horror Story. Yeah, it's just every season will be unrelated or tangentially tangentially related. Yeah, I suppose. Well, we'll have definitely options for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's always options. We we talked about doing uh, Lost in Space. This is true. So, oh, Umbrella Academy. There's Umbrella Academy. We I've really been digging that lately. Yeah, I mean, uh, by that time, I'm sure the new season of Black Mirror will be out too. Oh yeah, that's gotta be coming soon, right? I haven't heard anything about it in your release date, but I would imagine, yeah, it's down the pipeline. It's gotta be coming soon. Got to be. But yes, season three of uh, Star Trek Discovery. It's um, it's popular. It's also, I think it's their flagship show over at um, CBS All Access right now. Like, I think the other shows that they have are The Good Fight, which is a spinoff from The Good Wife. And there is that Once Upon a Time show, or I forget what it's actually called. It's not Once Upon a Time, but it's a show that's based off of like... Um, fairy tales or something like that tell me a story is that what it's called maybe because yeah once upon a time isn't that already a show on abc well, that was a show on abc it's, they they, they can't yeah. it's it's I, I maybe not canceled is a good word but it's it's finished ah and well and they're also gonna get twilight zone aren't they yes they will be getting the twilight zone so that could be something that's definitely something yeah. i mean once i mean i i now have a subscription to cbs all access <laughs> so we can uh, we can definitely talk about that show. Let's do that. Uh, plus, they also have like spinoff shows because we talked about that. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is going to get her own spinoff show, and uh, Picard is getting his spinoff show. I'm really curious what that's going to be. Yeah, Let's I think see. they started casting this week. Is what I saw for that show. So, uh, all right, let's go ahead and dive right into uh, Star Trek Discovery episode six, Lave. The so one this, that the one we didn't watch last week. Yeah, we we called it by name, but we, we did call it by name. We totally applied that to the wrong episode. We did because what'd you say? Lathe was about like uh, what the word like means the god of forgetfulness yeah, or something, which like that? made sense because the time loop and only only uh, Stamet. Uh, yeah, was remembering stuff. So, uh, if we would have read the description, we might have figured it out because it <laughs> says uh, the USS Discovery crew is intrigued by a new addition, Lieutenant Ash Tyler. Sarek seeks uh, Burnham's help, rekindling memories from her past, and Admiral Cornwell uh, questions Lorca's tacit- tactics. I'm sorry. So uh, the Admiral comes to talk to, to Lorca, and we find out that they've had past relationship. 
before this. And that just passed. It's still going. Well, yeah, they'd obviously treat each other like a booty call or something like that. <laughs> um, but they had something before that that might have been a little bit more serious, might not. Uh, she notices that Lorca is definitely suffering from PTSD and she fears that it uh, influences way too many of his decisions to jump to, into a fight more often than not. And uh, uh, she is going to recommend that he be have his command taken away. Yes. Now, all of this is also going on simultaneously with a mission from Sarek. Right, because Sarek is on his way to deal with Klingons in a diplomatic uh, way. And uh, on his way there, we find out that there is a such thing as uh, Vulcan um, suicide fundamentalist bombers. suicide bombers. Yeah, they, they eject something into themselves and they turn their own bodies into a bomb. Uh, the guy that the the Vulcan that's with Sirk and their shuttle, um, like blows up and almost takes out Sarek, but he manages to kind of warp himself out at the last second. I didn't understand he what like, exactly was it, he warping himself or was he warping the or not warping transporting no what the it, dude out. What it looked like he did is that he set up a force field like between him and the other guy. Oh, is that what it was? And so when the guy blew up, he just blew himself out. Like, he blew up a portion of the ship, so it, like, you know, decompressed and everything and mm-hmm. kind of sent it out of or, out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's essentially, that's my interpretation of it because it all happened kind of fast. And it happened to be in, like, the middle of some crazy, like, fruit loop-looking nebula. Right. So it's extremely colorful and apparently caused all kinds of... Um, difficulty with tracking and stuff so they had to go in there like. well the only reason they knew about it is because in his deep coma state uh he was reaching out to burnham uh through their um mind meld yes because they had done that previously and now they're always going to be connected i believe they mentioned that uh when that bombing happened kind of a similar situation where fundamentalist vulcans try to bomb the area where she was studying because they hate that he likes to deal with humans. Um, yeah, so they reveal that she actually was dead for about three minutes, mm-hmm. I think. And the only thing that kept her alive was Sarek um, melding his spirit with hers. And that's why they now have like this permanent... Bond. Yeah, like psychic connection. Right. So through the depths of and reaches of space, he was able to reach out to her. She was able to find him. And he kept like kicking her out of his dream because I guess he was subconsciously still on the defense. Well, as Ash, Lieutenant Ash Tyler explained to him, explained to Burnham that when you're dying, you don't think about the people that failed you. You think about who you failed. So he was constantly, uh, Sarek was constantly in a dreamscape of remembering uh, the time that uh, Burnham was graduating from something. She was rejected from the Vulcan. Well, yeah, she was also rejected from the Vulcan Science Council or whatever, but she was also um, graduating from something at the moment. That's why she was able to... Sorry, everybody. I'm fixing my microphone. Um, she was able to apply for that. But we come to find out that he screwed her over 
because he has a half Vulcan son, which we all know is Spock. Mm-hmm. And uh, the That's science... the first time they mentioned him. Probably. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the council member or whatever that was going that was admitting people said you look you have one human daughter and you have one half Vulcan uh, son I'm only going to take one non Vulcan <laughs> onto the high council or the science council so uh, you, you you don't get to have both kind of thing even though Burnham definitely met the requirements and exceeded in all levels yeah they were just specious. So they they very much are. So yeah, they um they definitely she finds out that he screwed her over, but I mean obviously she doesn't hold it against him. No, and that's part of what helped keep them linked up, and they found her, and so kind of leading from that because Zarek didn't get to go to that council meeting. Um, Admiral Cornwell mm-hmm. decides that she's going to go instead, right? And that turned out to be a trap. Yep. Not very uh, by peacekeeping. Corvell? Tor? I forget what. Corvell, I think. Corvell? Yeah. Klingon guy that betrayed the albino Klingon guy. Yeah, that basically took over for everyone else. So while Cornwell is there, uh, the lady Klingon that had half of her face burned during the escape of... Well, that's the next episode, isn't it? Wasn't it this one? I think... I think it was the end of this one is when oh, they, that's she right. got captured. Yeah, that's right. So it was the one after that. Yeah. Jumping ahead. Yeah. yeah, like those two really just kind of flow into each they other. They do. That's why it's weird that... Yeah. <laughs> we didn't so, even notice. Yeah. It really does. So that means... Because that means... he Because uh, Lorca finds out at the end of episode six that she got captured. And he's like, okay. Kind of thing. I mean, maybe he might be on his way to try and help her in episode eight. But we she he gets locked up in the time loop in episode seven like it's just funny thing happened on my way to the klingon planet yeah and it just seems so out of place tone wise too because it was a kind of a goofy episode it's a really goofy episode and yeah there was no real reference and like i love the fact that we didn't really question how like from one episode to another tyler and burnham just kind of became a thing yeah because all of that is established in this previous this, one. This episode that we're watching now. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess they're a couple now. Well, I mean, they're both kind of new, not really belong with the crew. Yeah. And uh, no, it turns out, yeah, they have a little bit of history now, thanks to this one episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, Sarek wasn't, like, what happens to him at the end of the episode? Did he did he go away? Did he stay on the, the Discovery? Obviously, he's not there in episode seven and episode eight. No, yeah, I think they just kind of get him till the point where he's recovered enough, and they send him on his way. Oh, but he's definitely not there. I don't remember. Yeah, one of the problems with these these the show is just there's like so much happens that I like. I think I get bogged down so much with the the Klingon politics that I just like I don't care. Like I wish it just stayed on the Discovery more. Yeah, and then they just they just science everything <laughs> so much to the point of impossibility. Like, there's literally nothing they can't do. They can always figure out what they need to do. It's just because a matter of well, should we do it this way? Right. That's and I'm like, I not. It's not very dramatic when you can figure out everything, and the only real problem is well, should you or shouldn't you? Yeah. I was like, the answer is always yes, you should. <laughs> I feel like they should have other situations where, like with the the tardigrade, I mean, 
first they couldn't figure out how to make the, the spores work properly. And then they said, oh, well, the tardigrade, we just plug it in and it does what we want it to do. Mm-hmm. But then the tardigrade got sick and they're like, well, let's just take some of its DNA and put it in one of us and then we can control it. I was like, okay, that seems... And, and they gloss over that, the whole eugenics aspect of that so lightly <laughs> very. they say hey that's a really bad thing and you shouldn't be doing it okay let's keep going <laughs> and then now i think was this also the episode where stamet was kind of reverting back to his grouchy self again and yeah he's mentioning that he's not sure like he's kind of losing his perception of time a little bit yeah because he comes out of the drive i guess the chamber you yeah. know and he says to cadet tilly Yes. That uh, captain, you know, why, you know, what are you doing over there or something like that? And she's like, wait, did you call me captain? He's like, no, why would I say something stupid like that? Which is interesting because her and uh, Burnham were having the discussion about her becoming or going into uh, command. Yes. uh, Command route. And the way like how you can eventually get to there to that. Um, besides having to be physically fit, you know, also. because that's how she was training her at the beginning of the episode. And at the end of the episode, she's like, Oh, look, you, you, there's plenty of ways to get command and you should find your way. And she's like, I did. It's kind of copying her. Yeah. Um, do you think that's a, a dimension thing? Like maybe in another dimension, Cadet Tilly is a, uh, uh, ca- uh, captain or is it a time thing? I think it's a time thing. Okay. I think he's, um, if he's getting more and more time in the fourth dimension, then mm-hmm. maybe he can see what's coming up ahead too. But his three-dimensional brain can't process it. That's kind of a... Well, like we I mean, we saw we saw in a previous episode, um, you know, the, the, the mirror um, uh, had him go you know like a delay yeah a delay that's what, like what, whatever's happening something's happening it's either time or dimensional thing. like that one scene in southland tales <laughs> you're gonna always have to bring up that aren't you i you know what i hate it but the fact that you hate it more makes me like it <laughs> i know that's exactly why it is <laughs> it makes me angry too um so the the episode eight is uh, C vis possum para bellum. Do you do you know what that means? Do you know yes, your Latin? Yes, to be at peace, be prepare for war. Oh. This is another interesting thing because I watch uh, the Orville also, and it made me think that in Star Trek they always talk about how it's a the beginning of the show is or at the beginning of the show they always talk about it's like a you know it's a exploration. Um, mission, right? It's yes. To, to go and explore the depths of, of space. Why isn't it... Why isn't the captain of the ships then like the... A, you know, a doctor, someone that's super into science? Like, shouldn't you be uh, a scientist if you're the leader of an exploration team? Ideally, yes. But I figure... Probably the way they look at leadership, they want somebody who's well-rounded as opposed to somebody who's just really, really good at one specific thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because if you look at it, like Stamet is all about the science. Right. And he doesn't want to do certain things that go out of that, like go off and fight. Well, that, um, that's what I'm saying is they shouldn't, they shouldn't, that shouldn't even be an option. Obviously, you don't know what you're going to come across in the unknown space, but, and they end up do needing 
fighters all the time, but why isn't it the the captain or the, it, even why why do you even have captains? It should be called something else. Like they should be, you know, lead scientist or I don't know other stuff, sciencey words. And mm. you just make sure that you have, Doctor. <laughs> yeah, doctors. I guess I'm. I guess I guess I am kind of going towards the Doctor Who thing. But yeah. you have other people that are on the ship that, like, your second in command is a is a fighter, or your, you know, your head of security is a a, a rogue. A, a rogue. We're <laughs> <laughs> we going to D and D now. Yes. Oh. Well, that's, that's all I'm saying is like because the same thing you know happens in the Orville. They're they're talking about how they're just a, a ship of exploration but you know they always end up needing and they're so very well armed for exploration vehicles this is true this is also true they have all the weapons they need i don't know this is something that i was thinking about when i was watching earlier so um obviously this the the, lorca is a battle worn captain so he's always ready for battle uh who did they go up against in this one in this one, they go oh, to that weird planet. Yeah, that's right. They go to that. So the description is: uh, the U.S. USS Discovery is tasked with a high priority mission to the planet Pavo, and learn the science behind the Klingons' cloaking technology. Now, I don't think that's exactly right. To me, it seemed like they were they were discovering some new science that was going to allow them to get past the cloak, Klingons' cloaking technology. Yeah, it was supposedly like some kind of super space sonar, I guess, that could help make the ships more detectable right because they found this naturally occurring crystal formation on this what looks like an uninhabited planet at first um yeah it turns out to like the whole planet is essentially alive like it's got a consciousness and but it's also like it's on like they're like sonic creatures or like yeah creatures of sound they're not they're not they didn't give off any life form Right, yeah, they're they're just some kind of energy, mm-hmm. and they basically like influence Saru. Yeah, they to essentially take over his body and mind. Yeah, and he goes a little crazy. He's, he, you know, becomes like he basically drinks the Kool Aid. <laughs> well, it was something about um, him being on his home planet or something like that, needing uh, all of his senses. To detect other stuff, so we have so to detect predators and so on, and for survival uh, reasons, his uh, perceptions were much highly, much more acute. Mm-hmm. So he could hear and see, and he apparently could also run like super fast. That's true. That's He's very, very quick. That does come into play later. So yeah. So while the other people, while uh, Tyler and Burnham, Burnham are just kind of exploring. He's having a hard time concentrating because he just hears like a cacophony of like the local whatever energy or life. Mm-hmm. And then at some point he like when he couldn't sleep anymore, he went out and tried talking to them saying, hey, I can't understand. I'm like, you guys are, you know, keeping me up. And then he lets them into his body or something. Like mm-hmm. it's really hard to explain exactly what happened, but they definitely influence him to the point where he's like, oh, this is the right solution for everything. We can all be peaceful and in harmony. And he reminded me of uh, Mr. Burns in that episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> I bring love. Yes. I bring peace. He brings peace. Kill it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just, he 
definitely goes off the deep end. And interestingly enough, for a species that was meant to be prey, he can get pretty tough. Like Right. So it makes me wonder what the predators on that planet are like. <laughs> <They're> actual predators. <laughs> um uh and then something weird happens with Tyler. Like they show him like using the life forms there to like port to where Burnham and Sarah yeah, they are. Don't explain that at, at all. all. That yeah. was the strangest fucking thing. Yeah. I mean, if this was Halo, I could at least say, oh, they must have used some of the luminal arrays in the, the core of the planet to like jump around. But this ain't Halo. They they just do it and we just take it because <laughs> what else is there? There's no other option. Um, at the end of it, the Pavo ends. Um, send out a message essentially calling the uh, Klingons to the planet also because they think that the the two races should live in harmony as opposed to fighting like because Burnham explains to them that hey we need your technology or your your biotechnology whatever to get to defeat these other other creatures and that's not what they're about. They're about everything existing together. Yeah, they're like, we don't want to help you win a war. We want all of you to coexist. And so the aliens think for some reason, I was like, oh, we'll just call everybody here and they can just hug it out. I mean, do the Klingons have the... So like you have or Lorca that's like, he, he's like, or Lorca and Burnham are both like, oh, they're gonna, the Klingons come here. They're going to destroy everything. They're going to kill all the creatures and, and, and destroy this planet. It's like, do they have the ability to destroy a whole planet? No, that's planet destroying isn't really something that happens in Star Trek. No, um, yeah, that's more of a Star Wars thing, <laughs> and even there, it's kind of ridiculous. It's like, really, like the whole planet just gets blown up like so, that. So, like, I don't see what the Klingons are gonna do. They if they come there and they just start shooting at the what looks like essentially fireflies. Like, how are you? How do you kill that thing? I mean, if they drop nukes, I could see that you know possibly damaging the ecosystem. But oh, yeah, it's, I guess. It's not going to destroy it. Um, I don't know. Like this last episode, um, I wouldn't say it lost all of the goodwill that the mud episode brought, but it definitely felt like a step backwards. Yeah. Because it just was so far in like another direction. Um, it almost felt like a filler episode as well, except for the fact that it also ties in with the Klingon stuff. Um, the Klingons, yeah, with Cornwell. And there was a few things that happened there and there that were a little confusing. Um, like the lady Klingon that was trying to help Cornwell escape. Not Cornwell. Um, Admiral. Admiral. Isn't it Cornwell? No, you said Cornwell was the name of the the Klingon that killed, uh, uh, killed, killed the... No, Koval was the name of Koval. the Klingon. Oh, yeah, it is Admiral Cornwell. Yeah, Cornwell's the, the lady from Adventures in Babysitting. Yep. No. Uh, don't tell mom the babysitter's that's dead. one yeah so i guess the lady klingon whatever her name is was laurel yes that's right laurel she's like hey so we're gonna get out of here and i need your help because i want to defect and so they guess they start doing like an escape mm-hmm. but then right before they got caught i thought at first they were pretending to fight each other but then I think she genuinely knocked out Cornwell. Oh, yeah, I think so too. And she's dragging her by the foot into this chamber. And then there's a bunch of like eviscerated Klingons in there. That's true. And I'm like, what is happening here? And she is like, oh, I'm going to avenge all of you or something. Like, I, like what? Who? Who's doing what to who? <laughs> like, what is happening here? 
And, and I, the only thing I could figure was that that was, what did you say, Kobo? Kobo? Yeah, Kobo. Killing off the heads of the houses that he's taken over. So essentially, he's just becoming the main dude that's in charge of everyone. Yeah, all the Klingons. And then, so Kobo is basically like, hey, so like, I need you to be on my team here. And she was like, well, yes, of course. And like after she pledges her like fealty, that's when he's like, you're a bad liar. <laughs> I knew that you were lying the whole time. Yeah. And then like takes her away. And I'm like, wait, what? what is happening? But then he made her, yeah, the, the pledge that she made, he made her do was like, if something, I don't know, if something happens, then you, you kill yourself or something like that. Yeah. And then he went so far as to give her like the, the war paint that the rest of his people have. Right. And then he calls her out on being a traitor. I'm like, well, then what was all that? I'm guessing that now you can do certain things to them as long as if they're a traitor. Like, I don't know. I don't do they follow Geneva Convention I, stuff? You yeah. know what? I doubt it. I mean, I'm sure that he, as a Klingon, you can just kill whoever, whenever, anyways. So, well, there's probably rules and honor and stuff, but like this new iteration of the Klingons is removed enough that. I don't see uh, any any correlation still being pertinent. So uh, Cornwell does get away, though. She does get back to... Well, I don't know if she gets back or not, but she does get away. That's why he says something to her. He's like, well, how did she get away? And he's like, she's like, oh, I thought she was, she was dead. She was much more clever than I thought. And that's another thing. We don't actually see her escape or what happens to her at the end. They only kind of just talk about it. Hmm. Um, the last time I remember seeing Cornwell was when she was, like I said, she was unconscious and she was being dragged into that chamber. Right. And Laurel sees all the dead Klingons. And, I mean, at that point, she still looks like she's completely out. She's got blood coming out of her nose. Oh, maybe she's just hiding. Maybe Laurel hit her then. I mean, it, at this point, it could be either one. <laughs> she could be dead. She could be. And, I mean, we know that they're kind of cannibalistic because they ate uh, Michelle Yeoh's character. That's right. I didn't think about that. You're right. So I was like, maybe they uh, want to save her for like some drumsticks or something. <laughs> uh, okay. Was there anything else about this episode that you wanted to bring up? Um, uh, obviously, Tyler and, and Burnham get closer together, being on the planet together. Oh, yeah. Their relationship was getting a little more intense, wasn't it? Yeah. Although I feel like it was one of those situations where like every time they start getting a little closer, something interrupts them. Of course, because you guys say that till the season finale. Yeah, it's got to be the how they lock it at the end mm-hmm. right before we learned the big twist whatever that is yeah <laughs> i'm still not sure i don't yeah, know i don't know what it, i mean the only <laughs> thing that it could be is that he's going to be the descendant of someone that we know in future episodes or future seasons future series it's going to be picard's granddad maybe i doubt it he's not <laughs> french yeah <laughs> <laughs> You, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. No, that's true. Not in this timeline. And plus, <laughs> as we know, the names don't seem to matter anyway. Like, you can be named George, Giorgio and be Chinese descendants. So. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, all right. I think that's uh, all that we got to say about those two episodes. We have two new episodes next week, and uh, we'll see We'll see how it goes. We'll see if Steven decides to join us once and for all. <laughs> we'll see. Um if you want to talk to me about this show or any of the stories we talked about, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia. G-M-G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. John's also on Twitter as... Hey, I am at Magic Bollocks. And tweet me about how awesome a rated R Black Widow movie would be. Yes, definitely do that. So then I can chime in and be like, obviously you don't need 
a rated R Black Widow movie. Uh, the rest of Geekly Radio. Oh, wow. We are at Geekly Radio. We haven't been for three months now. Geekly Media is on Twitter as at Geekly Media. Uh, at Geekly Media on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geeklymedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geekly Media Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. Hey, this is John from Geekly Media, and this podcast is being brought to you by Cuts by Candace. Candace Gist is a hairstylist that will work with you to get the right look. She uses her 18 years of experience to understand my needs and is the only one that comes near my hair. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of March 2019, and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you you can.